Hello, everyone, and welcome to Minute 109 of Season 3 of Movie Rob Minute, the daily podcast where we yippee our way through the 1988 Bruce Willis action flick Die Hard, one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me today on this lovely Thursday morning, the very first morning of December, is Todd Leavenow. Welcome back to oh. the show, Todd. So we can officially talk about Die Hard now that it's December and it's a Christmas movie. So I've been talking about everything it since else, July, so it doesn't make nah, a difference. Yeah. None of that counts. It's official now because it's December. <laughs> well, you, you know, some people do have Christmas in July, so you know. Yeah, well, and I mean, Die Hard originally came out in the summertime, didn't it? So yes, it yeah, did. It came out in July, July fifteenth, nineteen eighty-eight. Yeah. Yep. So yeah. Okay. So episode one hundred and nine begins with Thornburg trying to sound somewhat humane, possibly, I don't know, and mm. ends with John getting a barrel stuck on his cheek. So yesterday we ended things with uh, Thornburg trying to convince Paulina to let him into the house and talk to uh, John and Holly's kids. And, uh, you know, just a little extortion threatens, threatening uh, manner, you know, saying we're going to have the INS come. Mm. You know, things like that. Uh, nothing nothing too you know, uh, drastic. One thing we didn't mention last time, which I got to pose this question. Do you buy that this reporter leaves the scene where things are, are you know, active, big explosions happening, the FBI is there, all this stuff. He leaves that to go and talk to the kids of this guy that's inside i mean i don't know this is one part of the movie that i've always struggled with a little bit because just you know based on like the moment where the c4 goes off that john drops down and the explosion happens and you see william atherton there he says tell me you got that you know i'm thinking wouldn't he be more concerned with staying there and catching more fireballs or something like that than going to this house and and talking to John McLean's kids and, and, you know, their immigrant housekeeper. I don't know. Um, well, I do have an answer for you, actually. Uh, okay. This is a guy who is running after a Pulitzer. What's a better way to get a Pulitzer? Watching a building explode or getting the human emotional aspect of things? He's trying to get the human mm-hmm. aspect of it. I suppose, but people you know, like he, things that go boom, you know? I mean, they do. They it's definitely all about do. the ratings. <laughs> That's right. That is definitely true. But uh, I, I think that he, he's, he, he's trying, he doesn't want to give it to anybody else to do this. He wants to do it all himself. True. Okay. True. There, there was a scene, that. I think it was either last week or the week before, where we saw the van, you know, flying across the, the, the deserted streets of L.A. at, you know, one o'clock in the morning or whatever it is in order for him to try and get to Holly's house. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you see Nakatomi very distantly in the background, which means that he's it's not a five minute drive. It's a pretty long drive right. for him to get there. But yeah. because he doesn't you know, he, he doesn't want anyone else to to get part of special report. You know, he mm-hmm. wants to do this all himself. So, you know, I guess I guess as soon as he was given the piece of paper saying that they got John's home address in L.A., you know, the question is, did he make the connection that Holly is 
How did he make the connection that Holly is his wife and that Holly is, you know, a top executive in Akatomi? Right, right. Because, I mean, the information they would have gotten, you would have to assume that the house that, you know, what whatever documents they have are probably under Holly Gennaro uh, as opposed to Holly McLean. So, sure. yeah, interesting. So, I mean, I, I think part of it is, is also that she's, you know, maybe she's renting. That would be even crazier, you know, that, that, that for him to be able to get the information. But they also, you know, they didn't have Google back in 1988 when they did this. What? Yeah. So, how could you, how could they survive without? No, but I'm saying I, getting this information, yeah. you know, think about it. They, let's say this at 11 o'clock at night is when they, they figured out who John was. Okay. They had to call someone in New York and it was two o'clock in the morning, wake them up mm-hmm. to get the information on, on Christmas on, Eve, on Christmas Eve, uh, get the information on John McLean. You know, and they said all the information they got, uh, if I remember correctly, they, they had his, his badge, his name, his name, his badge, and a home address in, in, in L.A. Okay, I don't think that that would be listed anywhere simply. I mean, it's not like John would say, you know, um, okay, if you need to contact someone, here's my wife's address in L.A. Maybe probably, that's probably the, yeah, the next of kin. That's, that's probably it. But again, getting this information at 2 o'clock in the morning on Christmas Eve is something you really have to dig for. It, it was delivered by a, a, uh, a chubby man in a red outfit, uh, you know, driving a sleigh pulled by eight tiny reindeer saying, ho, ho, ho. That's, yeah. That was on the cutting room floor. Saying, ho, ho, ho. I have a machine gun. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You know, um, but but the, the way that, that he acts here, he once again is showing everyone how much of a real ass he is, you know, how, or how oh, much yeah. he can be. by Because by what he says to, to Paulina is, look, this is the last time these kids are going to have to speak to their parents. Yeah, it's disgusting. Yeah, seriously, <laughs> completely. There's, there's, there's no question about it. And, and she realizes that she doesn't have a choice. He's backed her into the, into the wall. You know, he's also, you know, pretty much inside their house at this point. Yeah. You know, it's funny because in the shot when they show her, he's outside. But then in the next shot, he's actually in the house. Or it looks as if his head is in the house. Yeah, he's basically pushing his way through the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. And then he goes, all right, all right, come on, come on. Tells his, his crew to come in and stuff like that. You know, he... And and what's interesting is is that he's the only person who's able to make this John Holly connection so so easily so quickly. Mm-hmm. You know, well, give give credit where credit is due. It's actually the uh, the young uh, cub reporter that's there with yes, him helping him that's out. Right. The girl, that's right. You know, she's she's the one that made the connection. She did all the work. You know, she's Lois Lane in training there. That's right. That's definitely true. Thornburg's assistant, Tracy Reiner, plays that. You know who Tracy Reiner is? Oh, she's got to be related to Robin Carl, I'm guessing, if you're asking the question. <laughs> well, first of all, she's been in a lot of movies. She has 31 movie credits. Okay. And uh, she is somebody that, that you should know. 
She is the daughter of Penny Marshall. Okay. Well, was Penny was Penny Marshall married to Rob Reiner at some point? Um, yes. So that's yes. why. Yes, Rob Reiner was, was Penny Marshall's second husband, even though her father is yes. not uh, Rob Reiner. Her father is uh, uh, her father's name is Michael Henry. So okay. I guess she didn't want to be known as Tracy Henry, so she decided to go with Tracy Reiner. You know, I, I don't know what year. What, whatever. Yeah, she appeared in nine movies directed by her uncle, Gary Marshall. Four movies directed by her mother, Penny Marshall. And two movies directed by her stepfather, Rob Reiner. Huh. Yeah, okay. she, she, she's been in a lot of movies that, that she can be recognized in. You know, she was in Big, Pretty Woman, A League of Their Own. Uh, Apollo 13, The Princess Diaries, um, what else was she in? Frankie and Johnny, When Harry Met Sally, uh, Beaches, uh, Jumping Jack Flash, Nothing in Common, The Shore Thing, and The Flamingo Kid. There you go. 1984. That was her first movie, The Flamingo Kid. Uh, Matt there Dillon. you go. It's all yeah, right. it's all right, but it's 1984. <laughs> it's not one of the I was, I was pointing out right. that it was... Uh, you know, yep. but yeah, she, she's, she definitely has a, an interesting uh, filmography, even though she plays bit parts in every single one of those. Mm-hmm. Well, Hey, you got a Hollywood family. You got, you got endless jobs there as long as they keep making films, I guess. Uh, yeah, I would, I would, I would assume so. So yes, the credit goes to Tracy Reiner. There you go. <laughs> All right. Where, if you're me. looking for where credit, credit, credit is due. <laughs> So at this point, um, you know, what, what, what's, what's, you know, as we said before, he, they basically said that they're able to get an address in, in LA, you know, basically they said, and McLean's home address in LA. So again, they, they, they know how to do their, their research here because they were able to, to, I guess, you know, somehow, you know, uh, do do the do backwards research to find out you know who lives at that address you know and mm-hmm. and you know then they would come across someone named Gennaro and then they'd have to say okay well why is this uh, place being rented by someone named Gennaro and say wait a second Holly Gennaro Holly McLean oh there we go so they they, they were able to put it all uh, yeah. you know now why do you think Paulina uh, acquiesces here. Well, I, you know, I gotta be honest, I've always struggled with it a little bit because, you know, I get that they threatened, you know, to call immigration and all that kind of stuff. But there's a part of me that's always thought she should just be like, sure, go ahead. Do you think they're going to answer the phone on Christmas Eve? You you think they make house calls on holidays? Exactly. (laughs) Slam the door in his face, you know? So, um, I mean, I, I've always kind of taken it as being a response to the threat, but you know, I, I got to admit that's one of the the plot points that I've always struggled with a little bit. Okay, no, no, I I don't understand why she's giving in. You know, it's uh, you know, obviously she is an, an illegal immigrant. <laughs> otherwise, she <laughs> otherwise she would have said, "Screw you, <laughs> I have the green card." <laughs> yeah, you know, don't mm-hmm. don't worry about that. 
And then uh, the shot changes and we get a shot of John walking carefully uh, in the area where he had met Hans uh, just a few weeks ago. You know, I love how we there's all this smoke around and, you know, the steam, yeah, sorry, the steam. steam and yeah, you know, and yeah, I, it's like steam and lens flares in this yeah. environment. Yeah, it's like it's like J.J. Abrams fantasy. Correct. And, and, you know, he talks to himself, which, as we mentioned earlier this week, when John is talking to himself, he's talking to us. So he goes, what were you doing, Hans? What were you doing? But he's also, he's not being quiet here. Yeah, I, I've noticed that. This, you know, a lot of these moments where he's talking uh, is that it's like, well, how do you know they can't hear you? How do you, I mean, they... They're creeping all around. They could be anywhere or even, I mean, it's still under construction. You know, you don't have like walls up everywhere. Those that could all echo from one floor to another, yeah. you know, I mean. I yeah, know. I don't know either. Just uh, it's it's very strange because he met Hans there before. So <laughs> who's to say that Hans is not going to yeah. be there again? <laughs> right. So I, I I don't know about that one. That, that, that one I find a little hard to to, to, to swallow from that first perspective again it's for us it's not for that and then we you know he he decides to uh you know uh peek above we see like hands you know uh pulling himself up and he peeks above and sees all these explosives and and a beeping detonator he does like a pull he does like a pull yeah, up to right. get up he does there, a pull you know, up. like which i I could never do those. That was the worst day of gym class, other than climbing the rope. When they made you climb the rope, that was terrible. But, you know, like when it was, we're all going to do pull ups in gym class. I could, I mean, I got spindly arms. I could never do one of them. Yeah, you know, no, it's I, I have the same problem. I can't, I can't do, do I can't do pull ups. I also had trouble with the rope until I learned a trick of how to get up the rope using your feet in order to, 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 to push, push you up. So, you know. That that I, I they, still they, I still know how to do. I learned that actually when I was in the army thirty years ago. And if I needed to climb a rope, I still oh, well. have the memory of you know what my legs need to do in order to get me up the rope. I haven't done it in a long time, mm. but but I like as we're talking about it right now, I can imagine my my legs making you know the 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 movements in order to you know uh, help me get up that rope. But the the pull ups like I can't into. imagine they make you do the the climbing the rope thing in schools anymore i mean i remember when i was a kid thinking why are they letting us do that and like you know i mean there was a bell up in you're the saying rafters, you're saying for safety you know? measures or you're saying because kids will complain yeah no for safety measures because it's like you know what if a kid just let go you know climb all the way up to the rafter ring the bell and then let go Did, didn't they have didn't they have mats on the didn't they have like those blue foam mats on the ground it's a it's a mat that's half an inch thick, Rob. Come on. I know, I know, I know. Yeah, that that's the key. That'll stop, you know, blunt force head trauma right there. There you go. You, I, you, you have you have an assignment for for next season. Come back and tell me, you know, how many injuries <laughs> have they reported over the years of of kids falling off of rope climbing in in school, and why did they stop doing that's it? That's the thing. I the ropes are gone. That's why, you know, I tell you. It could you. be that, that, that makes a lot of sense. But yeah, pull-ups, they, that, that stuff yeah. too. Hate them. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And the pegboard, you know, the, you know, the pegboard. Oh, that I never had, had the to little do. Pegs? 
and you were supposed to try to climb up, you know, by sticking the the pegs in the holes. Ah, gym teachers were cruel in the seventies, <laughs> man. How did you? How did we survive? <laughs> we. we... And then square dancing. They made us do square dancing in gym class too. The rope, the pegs, the pull-ups, and square dancing. So evil. You, you, didn't, you, evil. Didn't, you never aspired to be a gym teacher, I see. No, <laughs> never. I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. I'm kidding, of course. I had some nice gym teachers. But still, they made us do terrible things in yes, gym class. Yes, It's all to build you up. You know, that's, that's the idea. Yeah. So... It didn't didn't work in no, my okay. case. That's fine. We're you know <laughs> 30, 30, 30, 35 years later we're still here, so who cares? Right. Try try forty five. <laughs> okay. No. <laughs> hey, I'm fifty one, man. So you're talking I'm, about I'm, when you were six? Yeah. yeah, they had us out there in first, second grade trying to climb. I thing. know that, but I'm saying you didn't finish. I'm talking about when you finished having uh, to deal with it. wouldn't made any difference. I've got the muscle density that I had when I was in first grade today, man. <laughs> I understand that, but my point is when I, when I was talking about the number of years, I was talking about when you graduated high school, not when you not when you started first grade. Okay. All right. No, yes. high school yes. gym class was better. I got to do cool things in high school gym class. I learned how to juggle in my high school gym class, and that's something I I, I am thrilled with to this day that I know how to juggle. So. Ooh, as long as no one, uh, you know, pulls pulls down your shorts, you're you're good. <laughs> yeah, don't give anybody any ideas. Another eighty, another eighty four, another another reference to an eighties movie. Oh yeah, yeah, weird science. Weird science. <laughs> weird science. There you go. <laughs> so basically, the the we see that he sees that the detonator is has like a red light that's that's blinking and beeping. Yes. You know, I I. <laughs> Why does it need to be? <laughs> See, that's the thing. This whole shot is all about to make us know that it's dangerous because, you know, if you have red yes. light and, and beeping, you know it's dangerous. Also, we got to make sure that you clearly know this is C4. That is why we have big letters on it that marks C4 that's right. on each one. Of well, because when you go to the store explosive. to buy C4, you don't want to get it confused with, uh, you know, C3 or PO's. Or R2s or so, D2s. So, so the stores in your area, you're you're going to buy C4 regular. That's a thing where you live, huh? Uh, of course, of course, of course. <laughs> you, you didn't even get the joke I just made. No, I did C4 the, instead of I, C3. I did get the joke that you made. I was just yeah. being, being crazy. You know, it's it's like how I'm sure plutonium is in in 1985. Plutonium is available in every corner drugstore, but in 1955, it's a little hard to come by. Yes, that's true. As long as you just have to find a way to get 1.21 gigawatts. Yep. You know, yeah. So <laughs> now John looks up and you see his face and he, he actually looks quite impressed by everything that's going on. He's scared, <laughs> yeah. but also yeah. impressed at the same time. Yes. <laughs> Again, just one of those very genuine, natural responses we get out of Bruce yes. Willis throughout. This and he movie. goes, Jesus, Mary, mother of God. <laughs> and then he he quickly jumps down. He he does a very nice job of jumping down and and landing flat on his feet, which you'd think would hurt him after the fact that he has one foot wrapped in uh, tissue paper because it, you know it's bleeding, it's gushing blood. It it's did hurt him, but he's he's more concerned now with with the you know with the. The, the the severe situation he's just discovered and that he has to communicate it 
to Al, so he he works through the pain. Right, and he goes, Powell, Powell, listen, listen to me. It's a double cross. The whole roof of the building is wired too. And that's then we see a gun come from the side, a gun barrel, and it comes into focus yes. and stops at his cheek. Oh, it doesn't stop at his cheek. It, well, it, it pushes in a little bit. Right. It, yeah. it pushes in a little bit. Yes, for sure. <laughs> for sure. So he mentions double cross. What is a double cross? A double cross is like when somebody says they're going to do one thing, but they do the opposite. You know, something else, something detrimental. It is yeah. to cheat or deceive, especially by doing something that is different from what you said you would do. Mm-hmm. I bet okay. you there's at least one, maybe several movies that are actually called Double Cross. Yes, there are. It just there seems are. like one of those kind of yes. you know, movie names, a, a generic movie name. Yes. Now, when do you think the term Double Cross uh, was first used? Um, let's go. It sounds very like spy era type thing. I'm thinking like the 50s. Something like forty. No, it 50s. goes back goes back a, uh, a century earlier. It was Ooh. first used in 1834, and it came from the the slang used by thieves, which they they used to use the word cross, which would refer to something dishonest. So it's a play on straight square, and therefore a crook going back on his partners would be crossing the crossers or double crossing. Hmm. See, if I had done my Google a little bit quicker, I would have figured out it was earlier because I just found a 1941 film called Double Cross. There you go. I'm sure there's probably others. Now, we, we don't get to find out in this minute who the barrel is attached to. Okay. And right. John right. doesn't look over as he's, you know, the 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 the, the DP, you know, uh, Jan de Bont does a great job here of like pivoting the shot. So it mm-hmm. looks like John is moving, but actually the camera is moving and John is still stationary the whole time with uh, the right. gun barrel, you know, in his cheek. You know, we see the bloody knuckles of whoever's holding him, whoever's holding the gun. You know, we'll, we'll have to find out tomorrow who that is that's holding the gun. But the question is, does John know right away? Do you think John knows who that is? I don't think so. I mean, he hasn't. He's seen him from a distance, but he hasn't really had an interaction with him yet, has he? Um, correct. He saw him through. He saw. No, him he's been shooting. He's been shooting at him. Yeah. Well, he saw him through the air vents, and he shot at him from a distance at one point. But I don't. Yeah, he hasn't had quite the interaction yet. Right. Tom- tomorrow he'll he'll interact a little more. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So you you have anything else you want to say about this minute before we get into the script? Now let's go to the script. Okay, so the script uh, obviously starts off with uh, one minute. That's all. That's all we ask. You could be denying their last chance to talk to their parents. But again, you know, he says talk to their parents. It's it's not as if their parents can talk back. Right. <laughs> it's not you a know. video phone. Yeah. Yes. Correct. And then it it changes to the scene with uh, McLean, and it goes. McLean hobbles in here. Favoring his foot, he retraces his steps earlier, mentally replaying his meeting with Hans. I was here. He was. His eyes flick over the area. Then he looks up. 
Seeing something, he moves closer. He sets down his CB, and then with difficulty, he climbs up on a thick pipe, flicks his lighter, and holds it high. So, you know, they have good lighting here that they didn't need to use the the lighter for this. Explosives Mm. are everywhere. He reacts, quickly extinguishing the lighter. He follows the detonator lines with his eyes. So he's, he's smart that he, you know, sees that he needs to turn off the, the lighter and he goes, oh, my God. Yeah. He drops to the floor, <laughs> winces in pain, picks up his CV. Pow, pow, listen to me. You're being double-crossed. The whole roof of this building is... Suddenly a gun barrel is pressed against his head. He stiffens, and that's where it ends. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's... it's uh, first of all, it's very descriptive in the, in the, in the script. I think they do a nice job there of giving yeah. us an idea of what's going on. Uh, tomorrow we'll have a very interesting look at the script because of everything that happens where, you know, there are certain things that can't really be uh, done well enough in a script, but we'll, yeah. we'll, you'll have to come back tomorrow to listen to that. <laughs> I will say that uh, I like that in the way that it happens in the film that he puts the gun barrel against his cheek and not just against his head, which we would associate as being like the temple, uh, you know, I think it's to stop him from talking. It's, it's that. And I just think it's, it's more unique. You know what I mean? It's It's not something that you see in a lot of films. Yeah. It's fleshier. Mm -hmm. (laughs) All right. So every Thursday we have a segment called off the beaten track holiday edition, where my guests will give a, little story anecdote about an adventure or misadventure or something that happened to them somehow related to the holidays. And just so you know, Todd, you can use Groundhog Day as a holiday if you really want to. Oh, now, I mean, I found another Christmas one. Um, You know, the last one I did was just kind of goofy with the parade thing, but this was actually somewhat, you know, it was definitely a serious uh, situation at the time. But uh, as I've said, I live in Denver. Uh, my family's back in the Chicago area where I grew up. So we were going back to Chicago uh, for Christmas. And it's usually a two day drive. Basically, you go, you know, about Denver to uh, just past Omaha the first day and then Omaha to Chicago the second day. And so we had started out and we had gotten to Des Moines. We were just outside Des Moines and it started to snow and it actually started to snow a bit heavier than what we thought it was. It actually wasn't that bad of a snow, but it did start to snow. So I'm driving along the interstate and I can see the cars in front of me are stopped. So I was like, Oh, great. All right. So I, I see it soon enough that I put on the brakes. I stopped just fine, but it is snowy. And I'm like, this isn't good, you know? And then suddenly I see a car zoom past me on the right, which means it would have been been on the shoulder. In other Mm -hmm. words, the car couldn't, couldn't stop. I was like, Oh no, that's not good. And then suddenly slam, we get hit by something from behind. I never actually saw what hit me, but something hit me and the airbags deployed. Only time in my life I've ever been in this situation, the airbags deployed. And I was like, Oh great. And it kind of, kind of pushed us into the shoulder a little bit there. And just about the time we're gathering our composure and going, what happened? Bam! We get hit again because somebody slammed into the car that slammed into us. We went in off the road then, kind of down, you know, kind of into the ditch, I would say. So now we're off the road. And, um, you know, we're like, oh, what happened there? I can look, I can see that the back window of the van is all blasted out. 
Um, I, I later found out because we, you know, tried to gather up stuff later on, but when we got to our final destination and went through the gifts that were back there, some of them apparently exploded out into the road uh, in, in the middle of Iowa somewhere wow. because they jumped out of the back window of the car when we got hit, but everybody was fine. Nobody was injured, had a little bit of back pain, the, you know, the, the days following, but it wasn't anything that was serious. It was just from the jolts and such, but, um, but yeah, we got to ride in the ambulance though, because that was the only, uh, our car couldn't go anywhere. So they drove us in an ambulance to a hotel at the next exit, and we got in a hotel. Uh, my dad drove out from Chicago to pick us up, so we stayed there the night. And he came the next day and got us. But um, we saw our own fan on the news that night Ooh. in Des Moines, what, you know, reporting on the traffic problems on Interstate 80. That oh, because of the because the, of the, the, the Liebenaus. Yeah, it, well, that's that's the thing. Watching the news story, it made it look like that because they were talking about, you know, the cars and this, that, and like half the footage was them, pull, you know, like the tow truck pulling out this busted up car from Colorado. And I was like, great, you're making me look like the bad guy. I came to a stop, you know, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, uh, and then, you know, the, the, the part that also wasn't fun, you know, there were four of us, my wife and I are two kids. And so, we didn't have any way to get back to Denver from Chicago. Um, you know, and the insurance company is going to, you know, it gives you a certain amount of money uh, for, for the trip back, but we're looking at, okay, there's four people, you know, you could rent a car, but renting a car, you know, for one way, that's more expensive. It wasn't really enough to pay for four flights, you know, especially not, you know, the week after Christmas. So we ended up getting train tickets and um, so we took the train from Chicago to Denver, and that was another adventure in itself because it was crazy. It was the weekend after Christmas. We get on the train, Chicago, and we, my parents lived in the suburbs of Chicago. We had to go into the city to get on the train. So we would come out of the city, and then we get just past where my hometown is, okay? So we basically just done the 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 distance that we did already and we stop outside of aurora illinois and um they're like all right there's something going wrong because the heat's not working in some of the cabins so they try to fiddle with it they try to fix it and then they get going again down the road and we get as far as you know kind of outside peoria and again the train stops and they're like we got to get this fixed or we're going to have to all go back to Chicago. And we're like, what? And so we're, we're unloaded into this tiny little train station and we're all sitting there and they're like, Oh yeah, we can't get it fixed. It looks like we all got to go back to Chicago. And I'm like, I don't want to go back to Chicago. I just want to get home. And then finally, just at the last moment, you know, before they said, all right, we're going to go back to Chicago. They said, Oh wait, we got it fixed. We got it fixed. And then we all got back on the train and we were like 12 hours late getting back to Denver. And it was miserable. I remember I fell asleep on the train at one point and thought, I thought I'd slept forever. And I woke up and I thought, Oh, surely we must be like, you know, in Western Nebraska by now or something like that. And we had barely crossed the Mississippi river into Iowa. And I was like, Oh, you gotta be kidding me. It was just, it was, you know, kind of a miserable experience. So, I can imagine. Yay, Christmas travel. Yeah. 
do you want to uh, tell people how they can find uh, Todd Levy now? Yeah, so uh, the blog is Forgotten Films, ForgottenFilmCast.wordpress.com. The podcast is The Forgotten Filmcast, which you can find all the places you find podcasts. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Forgotten Films. That's films with a Z. And let me, I'll mention one other thing since I just talked about, you know, being from Denver and you know I've mentioned that a few times but I actually do have another blog that I do that is outside the realm of movie stuff which is called In and Around Denver it's at iadenver.blogspot.com and it's basically just where I share um you know pictures and things like that of interesting things uh that uh are that we have here in Colorado so you know I like to go out and explore and see unique things so I and I like to take pictures of those things so I I do my own little blog focused on uh, cool stuff here in the Denver, Colorado area. Excellent. Very good. And while you're doing that, you go rate, review, and subscribe. My podcast you might be using to listen to the show. Finding me is very simple. Just do a quick search for Movie Rob Minute. You can find me on my website. You can find me on Facebook. And you can find me on Twitter. So, Todd, do you feel like uh, coming back tomorrow and uh, going punch, punch for punch as we finish up this week? Let's do it. We can to we can totally take All this right. guy. Sounds good. So until tomorrow, yippee Yippee Well, I mean, you don't have very good. Uh... <laughs> you don't have very good luck. No, I was gonna say you don't have very good luck because well, you know last time, last season, you gave a story where you got hit going the other way. Is this the is this the same season... is this the same story? <laughs> Did I tell this story last yeah. time? I don't remember. I, I thought have, I thought the story I, I thought the story have. was that you were going from Chicago to Denver and then you got hit. It was after Christmas. No. I, so maybe maybe you I, get, I don't remember. Before, I don't remember it being in Iowa. That that part I don't remember. I I apologize if it's the same story over again. I mean, hopefully you got new listeners, <laughs> but I may very well have told this because I've certainly had my share of, you know, of those weird travel incidents um you know we t i told my 9-11 story last season yeah. too uh you know so and i i've had you know many other times where i uh i've had interesting travel things but since this one was tied to a holiday yeah. that's that was the the thing this time so i yeah i'm i may be repeating myself you know wouldn't surprise me i can't remember what i did you know last night let alone uh <laughs> <laughs> what I did uh, several years ago. Oh, no, wait. I know what I did last night. I watched Die Hard. There you go. <laughs> that I can remember. Very good. All right. So on, on that happy note.